God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Welcome once more to your favorite podcasting show, CBT, Changed by Truth, where I'm your host, Minister DK, where we're not here to excite you about what might be in your life, but to invite you about what shall be in your life. So open your ears and your heart, get your faith, and get ready. Stay tuned. God's got a message and a blessing for you. God bless you. Well, glory to God. Welcome back to CBT Change by Truth. I'm your host, Minister DK. And tonight's going to be a very um, powerful moment that me and you are going to share. Um, I say that because I want to keep this personal between me and just you. I want to go off the, the map. I want... I don't want no form. I don't, I'm not trying to keep up with what I've done before. This is personal this time. You know, I don't know how long you've been saved. I don't know how long you've been with God. I don't know if you're even with God. If you're listening to this, it makes no difference. I was reading in the word of God, a familiar scripture that I have read thousands of times. This time when I read it, God began to talk to me about something that I couldn't believe that I was hearing. Ultimately, it was for myself because, you know, to serve something, you have to know what it tastes like yourself. And that's why I said this is personal, because you can be with God. I've been with God for a minute now. I've walked with God. I've been used by God. But I come to find out that just when you get comfortable with God is the time that you should realize you should never get comfortable with God. He began to tell me that there's a place, Donald, that I have for you to stand. It's a place like none other. It's a place you have never stood before. And so I'm coming to you, people of God, to tell you that I don't know where your life is with God, but I'm telling you that there is something that God wants to do with you and in you. And the reason why you have not seen it is because of your stance with God, your position with God. Now, when I say position and stance, I'm not talking about your church affiliation. I'm not talking about your Bible study time. I'm not talking about your praise and worship time. See, all of these things that we call relationship with God that we do on a habitual weekly time to time basis are things that we literally say and things that we do that cause us to claim that we have a relationship with God. But the reality of it is, is that Those things are our reasonable service. Nobody says they go to a profound college because they have the courses that they take. Every college has courses. Every church has Bible study and they have worship time and they have Sunday services and midweek services. I'm trying to get your mind out of that because what I'm getting ready to reveal with you and share with you is something that if you can believe what the word of God says, And if you can be honest with yourself about where you've been and who you are and where you are, you get ready to see something shift in your life. Amen. So I want to read this word of God to you out of the book of Exodus, chapter 33. And um, we're going to talk about this for a while and then I'm going to let you go so you can think about it for a while. Let me pray first. Father, we bless you tonight and we give you the glory for who you are. Without you, God, there's no reason for anything. Without you, God, we have no light to see anything. Without you, God, we have nothing. Complete darkness and failure. 
So we thank you for what you have done by lifting up a standard, God, that when the enemy would come in like a flood, your presence would keep us. I pray for the people of God tonight that listen to this, God, in every country, in every state, in every situation that they're in. Let them believe what we share with them tonight, that their life can be changed according to their own faith. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Exodus chapter 33, and I'm going to start with verses 18. Just to give you some backdrop on this, this is where Moses had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he had came to a place where he had gotten stuck with them. He didn't want to continue to move forward with them, leading them, because he was afraid that the people that he would encounter going forward with all these people would kill them because they would not recognize that God was with them. So Moses had come to a point where he was afraid. He was frustrated, intimidated. And his faith had gone weak. And he made a declaration to God that I will not go up out of this place unless your presence go with me. I won't move. He told him I will not move unless you go with me. And then the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And this is Exodus 33 and 18. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one will see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Did you hear that, people of God? The Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Verse 22 says, when the glory, when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. Hallelujah. He said, I will put you in a cleft in the rock, people of God, once you stand on that rock. When I read that, I was I was loving God because all of us can relate to being a place in life where we're afraid, a place where you don't know what to do, a place where you don't want to move forward, but you know you can't go backwards. You're in a place where people are depending on you and waiting on you and watching you to see if you're going to fail, if you're going to succeed, depending on you, putting the weight of their life upon you. Moses was in a very unique situation because God had used him to bring the people out of Egypt. So he was an emblem of faith and hope, a very powerful representation of a man of God. 
But what happens when the man of God becomes afraid? Glory to God. And so Moses had gotten to a point where he didn't know how to trust God. And he said, Lord, I'll show me your face. Now, when we when we say show me your face, people of God, it's not just that God has a face like me and you. If you look in the mirror, you can see the reflection of what your face looks like. The face of God has to do with where he's going. What his plans are, what his intentions are, how God's going to do it, when God's going to do it, the way God's going to do it, where God's going to do it. The mechanical way, the supernatural way, the miraculous way, God's going to do it. When you talk about the face of God, you're dealing with the plans that God has to do something in your life. And what Moses was asking, show me the plans, the future, the way that you're going to get me out of this place. See, I told you he was, his faith was was troubled. And God said, no, I can't do that, sir. I can't do that. I can't show you my face because if I show you how I'm going to do it, where I'm going to do it, why I'm going to do it, when I'm going to do it. If I show you and tell you all of that, then we don't have a relationship because there's no faith. You have to believe in me in such a way that you can trust me. That's what he was telling Moses. He said, but I'll tell you what. He said, there's a place over beside me where you can stand on a rock. Now, this rock that he's talking about symbolically is standing on the promises of God, Jesus Christ, the rock of ages, the rock of your salvation. It is a typology referring to Jesus. Stand on him. But standing on Jesus is a platform. It is a pulpit, so to speak, that God has for every believer that believes God. And this is where it gets deep. Do you know why many of you all have not seen the supernatural in your life? Why you can pray and know that God heard your prayer, but really not see any true manifestations of your prayer while you have not had any visitations of angelic hosts in your life. A lot of you'd be surprised at the amount of people who worship God, who've never had an encounter with the God that they worship. The reason why is because there is a place that God has for you to take a stance in. And many of the believers have chosen not to. Or they have not identified that pulpit. They have not recognized that pulpit. Or they have just refrained from that pulpit. You know, I I say that and I don't say it lightheartedly. But I've been preaching for a while in church. And uh, I remember one time years ago, I got so used to preaching until I I only thought I was living in my gifting when I was asked to preach on a Sunday morning. That's when I felt good. I felt like God loved me. I felt like I had purpose. I felt like my gifts were needed. I felt so alive when I was asked to step in for my pastor and preach. 
And what people didn't recognize who were in the audience or the congregation, they could not see the ungodly, unjustified, unfaithful, unhealthy relationship that was forming in my heart. Oh, they heard the word that I preached. And for the most part, I did okay. But they didn't see what was going on in my spirit. That I had become like a baby suckling now on a bottle. And when it wasn't Sunday, I was crying. But when I was asked to preach on Sunday, I was happy. I see all that to say this, that a lot of you all look at the pulpit as ah, Sunday morning when the preacher's preaching. But ah, that's a pulpit. But nowadays, it's really more or less an altar or a platform or a stage or uh, somewhere that a performance is done. Glory to God. Just keeping it real with you. Because watch this. A pulpit. God help me. A, pool, a real pulpit. Is, that's exactly what it is. It is a place that you stand. That you can actually pull people out of a pit. That only you know how to get in and get out of. And the reason why you know how to get in and get out of it is because you've been in it long enough to understand the ways in and the ways out. A lot of times, if you look at it in church nowadays, there is no pulling of anybody out of anything. It is it is a a theological, a spiritual performance. And people go and they sit and they hear verbiage and they hear word where they're actually put into the text and they're they're they, they have to see God through their life. But a real pulpit, people of God. We're going to talk about what that means in just a second. A real pulpit, a real pulpit is not found in a church as an altar. A real pulpit. Do you know where it's found at? Let's look at what the Bible says. The Bible says in 33, it says, and the Lord said, there is a place near me where you can stand on a rock. So the first thing that a pulpit is, it's near God. Because he is the help and our salvation. A real pulpit is always found building, constructing, expanding the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Let me ask you this. On any given Sunday, if I'm in church, I could actually ask the people of God, if you're saved in here, raise your hand. And if I was to ask that question, 98% of the people would raise their hand, if not 100%, because it's the same crowd that comes every Sunday morning. Praise God. With the exception of one or two visitors, and most of the time they're saved. But 98% of the people would raise their hand that they were saved. So if they're saved, how can I then pull you out of a place? That you're not in. See, the house of God, if you're saved, that means you're in God. You're not in a pit. See, we confuse being in Christ and struggling with a pit. 
Now, when you're in Christ and you're struggling, that's not a pit that you're dealing with. That's your cross that you're dealing with. And so a lot of people have gotten that confused. The Bible says whoever refuses to pick up his cross and follow Christ is not fit for the kingdom. Cross carrying in the kingdom of God is what the people of God deal with. But when you deal with the pulpit, it's always found expanding God and it's always found on a rock. What does that mean? On a hard place. A place that's unchanging, a place that somebody has been for a long time, a place now that there seems to be no way, no way out of a place now that that this that's not changing. It's not moving. It, it takes a miracle. And then he says, Moses, once you stand on the rock, he says, once you stand on it, he said, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. Glory to Jesus. I told you, you weren't going to like this. So what is a pulpit? A pulpit expands the kingdom of God because it deals with a hard place that is a dark place that God puts a man or a woman of God in. So it's not pretty. And many of the times, the reason why we cannot find the movement of God, the supernatural of God in our life is because we look for it in church on Sunday morning or some spiritual gathering. But a real pulpit, the place that is beside God, that is a high place, but yet it deals with people in low places and it's a dark place, is a place that you find in the world. In the world. When we pour people into the presence of God. We have to be in such a height that we remember what we used to deal with. We remember how we used to struggle. We remember how we used to be addicted. See, a lot of people won't take the stance to get on the rock. If you don't take the stance to get on the rock, you will never know who you are. So he said, there's a place beside me you can stand. There's a place beside me where you can stand. You can stand if you want to know who you are. You can stand if you want to understand who you are. You can stand there if you want to see who God is in your life. You don't have to stand there if you don't want to know. If you don't want to know, keep standing where you've been standing. Because where you've been standing has not revealed God to you. But when you take the time to believe that there's more in you than what's in you, you take the place to stand where God needs you to stand beside him on a hard place. And in that hard place, that hard, dark place, God will pull out of you everything that's inside of you that has to deal with the powerful and the power in the kingdom of God. A lot of you have not seen the kingdom of God move in your life because you refuse now to stand in a place that is a pulpit. Because once you stand in that place that God has prepared for you, you're going to be looking back on your own life. You're going to be remembering what you used to struggle with. You're going to be remembering what you still may have a taste for. You're going to be remembering where you came from before you know God. That pulpit will allow the, the, the power and the faith and the darkness in you to be used for the glory of God. You become a type of temptation and bait for those who want more of God but have given up faith in God. Hallelujah. But to get there, you've got to stand there. See, God told Moses, 
If you, if thou would stand there, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. God could have put Moses on the rock and then put him in the rock. But he says, no, I'm not going to do my part till you do your part. And many of us have failed. Not God, ourself and our faith, because we won't take the time and the faith to stand in a place that God has prepared for you. And why is that? Because we're so busy and and, and I I love church. Don't get me wrong. I do. But I got to say this. Church has taken the position that it shall never have taken when it comes down to the faith and the walk with God. Church has now taken a stance in people's lives where people have more faith in church, the program, than they do their faith and their own ability to be able to hear and recognize the voice of God. He told Moses, the reason why Moses was struggling and he said, the people are going to kill us and they're not going to know that we're with you and and they're not going to sense your presence on us. The reason why Moses was struggling with this, God reveals this. He says, when I put you in the cleft of that rock, Moses, he said, I'm going to cause, I'm going to put my hand over the rock. In other words, I'm going to put my hand on you once you get in the rock. And then he said, I'm going, watch this. I'm going to cause my glory to pass in front of you. The reason why his glory has to pass in front of Moses is because it had been behind Moses. Many of you don't realize that you've been in front of God for so long now. And that's why you have not seen a manifestation of God, the move of God, the power of God, the strength of God. Because if God moves for you and you're in front of him, it's going to be that the power of God is now solidifying and backing up what you want. God doesn't play that. He's the head. And so he has to do something now to get in front of you. So his power can be seen then. And then he can reveal who he's going to use. Who's ever's in the cleft of the rock. When you get in the cleft of the rock, that simply means you're in the heart of God. That means you don't exist. That's why he said, I put you in the cleft and I will put my hand and cover you. When God covers you in a hard place, you don't exist. You're just a willing vessel. Many of you have become afraid in your life because of what you've been through in your past, what you've struggled with in your past. You many of you can't believe God for the future because your faith has not seen enough God, enough power in God, enough supernatural movement of God to believe that there's more in your life. And that's reasonable to accept that. But how do you change that? You're going to find that the pulpit that God has created for you is going to always be attached to a rock. It's going to always be attached to a hard place. It's going to always be attached to a circumstance or a situation. It's going to be always attached to a darkness or a tight place, a broken place, a fractured place, a place that people are not calling your name, a place that if you get in, they're going to criticize you. They're going to scrutinize you. A place that if you get in, you're going to be laughed at. And condemned. The pulpit is not Sunday morning. That's a place of exaltation for salvation. A real pulpit is when God uses you in the marketplace amongst people who don't know God. And if you have the faith to stand 
in that place beside God. God's going to show you a whole new you. He has a pulpit for you. And your pulpit that God has for you is connected to what you came out of. Connected to what you got delivered from. Connected to what you struggled with. So the first thing you got to do is understand the reason why many people have not taken the stance to stand on the rock is because, oh God, they don't want nobody to know they struggled. That's many of the Christians believers issue today. They want people to think they're pretty and clean. But you know what the Lord says about pretty clean Christians. Uh, he, he cares nothing for because they're fruitless. They're fruitless. Pretty clean Christians are fruitless. He revealed that in Matthew when he went to the, palm, the fig tree and it was beautiful and it had green leaves and it was in season. And he stopped fumbling through the leaves to get fruit and there was no figs. And he cursed it because it was pretty. It presented an image. It presented a a. a a presentation of holiness, of fruitfulness, of abundance, and it was empty on the inside. I can't come to tell you how many times I had to take a stance in a hard place on my job against my family in the house of God. Because people don't want you to realize that you have a pulpit, that God has a place ordained and constructed for you to stand so you can know who you are in God. Oh, glory to God. People try to put a, a monopoly on the Holy Ghost and on God. But the power and the blood of Jesus that bled for you, that saved you. It's not under anybody's control. And when you have the faith to believe in the power of that blood, to believe in the strength of that blood, you will take the time to stand on that place that God has elevated for you. And when you stand on that place, it's not for you to get big headed. To be honest with you, there's no way you will get big headed when you stand on that place beside God. That's why many people have not taken that stance because they're dealing with their big headedness now. But when you stand on that place, you will come into a whole new revelation of not who you are, but who God is to you. Hallelujah. And Moses now was put in the cleft of that rock because he was dealing with his issues about being killed and about being attacked and about what people thought and about how people felt. Do you realize how many Christians now their biggest issue is not demons, the devil, hell or sin or their addictions or whatever the case may be. Their biggest addiction and their biggest problem is what the people of God think of them. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. I had a conversation with a young man about four years ago and I was telling him some things that I was going to be doing in my own personal life. And he made the comment to me that, well, how does your pastor feel about that? And I looked at him and I said this in all humility. My pastor wasn't there when the Lord saved me. My pastor wasn't there when the devil, when the Lord slayed me and delivered me from myself. My pastor, I didn't know my pastor then. My 
pastor wasn't there the night that God came in and cleansed me and delivered me from demons. My pastor wasn't there. So why should I really be concerned about what another individual, another man think when God has created me to stand in a pulpit so I can pull somebody out of the same place the Lord delivered me out of? People of God, I need you to hear me. And this is a 911 going to you. I pray you get delivered from people. I pray you get delivered from people. Keep your eyes on God. He, the Bible says that he that have a heart, he that have an ear, let him hear what the spirit of God is singing. Always keep your ear open to hear God in anybody, but don't take your eye off God and put it on nobody. But Christ. Hallelujah. And how you know that God is faithful. How you know that God will do the impossible. The Bible says he'll take his hand off of you and let you see his backside. That simply means this, that regardless of what you've been in and what you've done or whatever the case may be. If you're listening to this now, you got a relationship with the Lord. That means that God has gotten you out of some things in your past. He has gotten you out of some things that you got yourself in. He has gotten you out of some things that you chose to be in. He has gotten you out of some things that you got trapped in. He has gotten you out of some things that you bothfully and willfully walked in. And he got you out of some things that you didn't see coming, that you fell in. When he shows you his hinder parts, his backside, that means that God's just going to simply remind you when he takes his hand off of you of how good he's been to you in your past. That he's faithful when you're not faithful. That he's good when you are not good. That God has been reliable when you was deniable. That God was there when you didn't show up. That regardless of how unfaithful you is, the Bible said he remains faithful. He said, I'll show you behind the parts, the backside of my life, of his glory. And the backside of God's glory is a reminder that he's always faithful. And if he did it in the past, he's faithful to do it again in the future. But he can't do nothing for you if you refuse to take the pulpit that he created for you. Glory to God. I pray that this is touching your heart tonight. Because I don't care if your life is mundane, if you have not seen, if you have not seen yourself walk on water, if you have not touched nobody and opened the eyes of the blind, or you have not healed bodies, if you have not done any of the works that Christ said, greater works would you do than he has done because he go to the Father for you. If you have not done any works and have not seen the power of God manifest in your life, it's because you want a altar to stand on. To be glorified, but not a pulpit to stand in so God can see that he can use a broken individual just like you and me. The pulpit now is for the world. The altar is for the house of God. Stop trying to work on the altar. Hallelujah. Stop trying to be glorified on the altar. Let God be lifted on the altar. He said, no flesh shall glory in his presence. Father, I pray that you bless the people of God tonight. I pray that they hear your voice. As simple as it is, God, you can't make it any simpler that you love us enough, that you have a place prepared for us. 
thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that the place that is prepared for us, you even said that we know the way. God, I thank you that your word will never come back void. Keep doing the supernatural in my life. I keep trusting you above all voices, above all people, above all flesh, above all man. You said, put your faith in no man. I trust you. And I pray that type of faith feel the people of God to trust you in the same way. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> hey, look, I just want to let you know something, people of God. I want to share with you something that um, that'll make sense to you. You know, I, I try to make the word of God. <clears throat> I try to make the word of God as plain as I can. I told you that that pulpit is it's a place that God has ordained for you to stand so God can work through you and in you with his hand having you sealed in the work that he has called and ordained you to do for he has made you a workmanship of his work of his good works you are a workmanship ordained to do good works in God there was a time in the bible where Jesus was praying for his disciples and I want to I want to I want to read this to you so you can really understand what I'm saying um, it says and this is John 14:1 it says do not let your hearts be troubled Trust in God. Trust also in me, Jesus says. He said, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. <clears throat> I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. Did you hear that? I am going there to prepare a place for you. A platform. No. A place. A pulpit. And if I go and prepare a pulpit, a place for you. I will come back and take you with me that you may also be where I am. Watch this. You know the way to the place where I am going. What he's saying is that the place that he's going to prepare a place for you, you know the way of the place he's going because it's the place that you used to struggle where God delivered you out of. That pulpit that I was talking about, as painful as it may be, to deal with your past, that's the blessing of your future. And I pray to God that you get that because it's time for the people of God to stand up in God and stand with God and stand beside God with the hand of God on their life so God cannot show you not what he's getting ready to do, but how he's blessed you by doing what he's already done in your past. God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. Remember, he has a pulpit made just for you. The question is, are you willing to stand so God can be glorified? Until we talk again, Minister DK, God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Great people, that's all we have time for today. I pray and I hope that your heart will bless by the message that you heard. I truly believe within my heart, if you take time and stop and look at your life and look at the things that you understand and the things that you don't understand, you can clearly come to understand that regardless of what you've been through and where you are, regardless of how you feel or what you think you feel, God has never forsaken you 
or left you alone. It's only when we embrace truth that God can truly change us into what he has already ordained us to do. Remember this one thing, in all of your getting, don't get money, don't get people, don't get materialistic things, but in all of your getting, get an understanding because it's only through an understanding of who you are, who God is in your life, and what God has for your life, can you arrive at the place that God has ordained for your life. God bless you. Stay encouraged until we talk again. And remember, we're not here uh, to excite you about what might be in your life, but to invite you into what God has in your life. Because only truth can change you for the greatness God has prepared for you. God bless you.